What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke, day two in LA. I don't know if you guys recognize, but me and Jack got on me, me and Jack got on some. Me and Jack got on some new merch. Jack, where can they get this shit at? All the smoke dot store. Oh yeah. What about that the Viola hat? Where can they get that at? 
uh, Viola.store. I know they probably can't get these, but where they get them J's at? Mm-mm. Can't get them. Stockmark? Mm-mm. They probably can, but they won't be free 99. <laughs> anyway, man, we got a special guest today, uh, three-time Super Bowl champ, just all-around good dude, uh, Julian Edelman. Welcome to the show. What's up, fellas? My guy. Ah. The world needs to know that me and you had a long night out together. We'll get there. We had a good night. <laughs> we'll get there. Good we'll night. get there. We'll get Super there. Super Bowl. You recently played an April Fool's joke and said you were coming back to play with Tom again. Uh, obviously a joke, but any doubt in your mind that you still want to play football? There's some truth to that. Uh, nah, I mean, it was a joke. April Fool's joke. Target market, you know? Yeah. You but, know. you know, they say, you know, <laughs> they, say jo- they say jokes hold, hold a little bit of truth. Nah, yeah, I mean, you definitely have competitive juices that are always flowing in your, in your body as an athlete, especially if you think you can still do it. Last year, it was tough because it was still very familiar in my mind, like the agony of being an older player in the league, having to do so much more to take care of your body. Now it's, it, you know, I've had that year to like get over that. And, you know, now I'm in the mindset where like, all right, my body feels kind of good. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, yeah, it's not hurting like it did in certain ways. I know I'm not putting the same amount of loadage on it. How old I'm, are you? I'm 35 turning 36. It's still old. It's old. No, it's not to us. I mean, football years is probably. I re- I, yeah, football years is. Uh, I mean, to what, I re- the, to what they take. You, re- you can't. You can't. You can't even. You can't put Brady in the conversation. That's like a oxymoron, right? It's different. Of how old he's. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Especially too, you're you're out there running routes and 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 catching balls and taking big hits. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still hard blocking. It, it, that's very tough. I think it's more of the constant grind of like practice. You know, cutting and and really working on your craft and redlining your body so much to get the best for Sunday and for the season and for like longevity and staying healthy. You have to redline so much that it breaks you down. So, you know, that, that's what I was dealing with. So how has retirement been treating you? It's been good. Um, you know, I transitioned to Inside the NFL, which streams on Paramount Plus, of course. You guys, you guys mm-hmm. know that, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus. Uh, in the which, family. In the family. In the family, which has been good. Uh, great group of guys, Ray Lewis, Brandon Marshall, Phil Sims, JB, you know, can't forget about Mike Irving. And and to get to sit down with legends of the game and, and talk ball and, and keep your mind in the game, that was a great transition for me. It was very new, sitting in front of the camera and having to learn how to, you know, perform. I didn't have any prior experience. You know, B. Marsh, he was doing it while he was playing. Like, then he transitioned into it. You know, the other guys have been doing TV for 10-plus years. So, you know, there was an intimidation factor, but then it, it got me back to, like, that rookie year mode when you're trying to make a team. You know, it's a new craft. You got to, like, get back into that rookie mode where you just got to work hard, work on your shit, and you know, go from there and try to put it together. <clears throat> what are some of the other business things you're in? Because you got your hands all over, and I just love for, for fans to always hear, you know, how versatile we are in the business yeah. space. We're not stuck to any one thing. We're all over the place. So what's some other stuff? Uh, we got, I have a, a production company, Coast Productions. We're in development with two shows, a scripted uh, comedy and then a docu-series. I can't get too far into it. We're producing a podcast, which I'm doing with Sam Morell which will be really fun. It's like a historical uh, sports podcast, which 
it's going to be a fun thing to do. We're developing that, which you guys got to come on for, yeah, sure, for sure because it'll be that. some basketball stuff. We got to get your take because <sighs> you guys, you know, you guys know how to get the ratings. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you guys know how to sell tickets. And you, you know, this, I'm, I'm in, I walk into this place. I'm sitting here like, look at this. This is professional. This is so a. This is D1. Right. When I was a kid, we used to say, "Man, you're D1." D1. Yeah. Because <laughs> you wanted to go D1 it's school. Top notch. But no, that I got yeah. that. You know, we got a merch company that we still do. We're very heavily um, involved with, uh, you know, the Boston mm-hmm. market still. We still, I still love and support everything Boston does. And then, uh, you know, put me in as a chari- charity organization that I'm working with, that I partnered with, which, uh, you know, we help kids that have incarcerated parents, mm. you know, mentor them That's to dope. get, you know, sporting goods, mentoring, you know, trying to get these kids, you know, on that right schedule. Oh, you know, I love because it. of the cards they're dealt with. That's dope. You know, you try to help them get theirs right. Love to hear that. You touched on something uh that I want your perspective from because I'm sure it's unique. Uh the sport fan in Boston. Yeah. And just the culture of sports. And I know you're someone that jumps to Celtics games and obviously your run with the Pats and the Rings, but what is that <clears throat> To people who I've never, I'm a, I'm a pro athlete, and I I got a taste of it going in and out. Like the people that will never experience what that sports town really means and what it's like. Yeah, Boston is, you know, it's there's no like regular seasons like summer, fall, winter. It's Bruins, Celtics, Pats, and you know <clears throat> that's how they go by the seasons. That's how they go by seasons, <laughs> you know. It, and Red Sox can't forget the Red right. Sox. I was about to say, you know, don't do me like that. That's I know, I know. Uh, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I was very accustomed to a pro sport team city area. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have big college football. We liked the Niners, the Giants, and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sharks were an expansion team. So I kind of got that in back in like those early 90s, late 80s with some of those really good baseball teams. The Niners, Niners were the Niners, yeah, you know, yeah. so I got that. I'm a Niner fan. And then I moved over to Boston, and it was like a whole different level. Level. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the history that each and every one of these pro teams have, like, they're from the start, you know. And then being in a dynasty team with mm-hmm. as with the Patriots and developing their history right. and their, their footprint and being a part of that, like, you know, it's been an unbelievable experience. These people love their sports. They expect winning. I mean, you got, like, 20-year-olds that have seen championships in every, every right. single every sport. sport. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous, you right. know. And now, you know, it's spoiled. It's re reshaken, and you know how how it goes in in sport. But uh, it's been an unbelievable place to play. People love it. Blue collar, finger in the nails. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been crazy. You could run for mayor out there if you wanted. <laughs> Marty Mayor Walsh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no mayor here. <laughs> Redwood City, Redwood Bay City. Area. Bay Area. What was your upbringing like? Upbringing, I had an older brother, seven years older than me, so he was always whooped my ass. So I was like a real small kid, never took shit from anyone because mm-hmm. of, you know, I had an older brother, wasn't scared of no one. Right. And, you know, that kind of created a chip on my shoulder, played baseball, basketball, and football until high school. Was a late bloomer, had to go to junior college, went to JUCO College of San Mateo uh, to get re-recruited, uh, played quarterback, Balled out there, ended up going to Kent State after that, played three years there, and then ended up getting into the league. You know, I was always the the tough white kid that <laughs> was 
more athletic than anyone thought that, that he was. And I was always the only only guy there, only white guy there, hanging out with all the fellas, you know? So like, I grew up around, that's what I know, mm -hmm. you know? And then dipping into, you know, getting in the league and, it, you know, being in that kind of locker room and having to reinvent myself and become, you know, a receiver, that was like a whole different, you know, category. So that's, that's what my upbringing was that helped me get to where I'm at right now because everything that I had to go through as a young kid, being a guy that was overlooked, wasn't big enough, wasn't fast enough, wasn't strong enough, but was always the best at, you know, what he, I was always there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So having to deal with that, it helped me in my future to deal with getting into the league and hearing those same types of things. So, you know, I think everything happens for a reason and, uh, you know, everything has laid that foundation to get me to where I'm at right now. You said other sports. How, how You was nice and hoop? No, I wasn't nice. I was athletic. I was a football you player playing dunk? basketball. Huh? You still can dunk? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm Billy Hoyle out here, bro. <laughs> Come on. No, uh, you know, I played a bunch of AAU when I was real young because I was just rad athletic. Yeah. And then, you know, I was a football player. I, I couldn't play basketball. I didn't have the vision. I didn't know basketball. Yeah. Like I knew football or, you know, baseball. Baseball I had too much ADD for. It was too slow. <laughs> Probably should have played that. Would have been a lot richer and a lot less pain, but. Lost less. Be you know. But. 49ers. Growing up a 49er fan. You got any 49er memories? Because I'm sure he wants to hear them. I, the one that sticks out like real hard to me, I remember watching, you know, the Niners versus the Packers in the division round or the look wild at, card. Every year they would beat us. Every year they would oh, yeah, beat us. A Niner fan too. And then that one year where Steve Young trips in his drop, hits uh, Owens over in the middle and on middle read, splits the safeties, puts it in there, catches it, and, and he was dropping balls all he game. He had a bad game. That's what people don't realize. He was crying so, on the sidelines. Side. Yeah. That's one that, you know, I remember that was a big win. I don't know, man. I remember a lot of like the Jeff Garcia days, where it know. wasn't pr very pretty. I remember. I remember. Remember Jerry Rice Day on when Jerry T Rice when Day. When T.O. had like, like twenty-three catch catches. Niner fans, we both said the same. You know, I'm did we just become best friends? We did. Let's go do some karate. Let's go do some karate. Gunshots. We'll do it all. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember I was so hurt. It was Jerry's day. It was Jerry's day, ah, and T.O. went off. And then Jerry went to the uh, the Raiders, and then I low-key became a Raiders fan because everyone loved Jerry. Right. And then he went for 1,000 in his 40s. Mm -hmm. He went for 1,000 yards. And they yards. went to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. Rich they Gannon. Lost and they lost to the to Buccaneers. Because of the center. Center, but that's when Gruden left the Raiders when they went to the went championship, the lost to the Buck or the Pats in the Tuck game. Then he flipped sides, went to... Uh, Tampa Bay and won it with Tampa Bay and beat the Raiders. Tough. The next year. Mm, the good old days. Enough of this Crazy. segment. <laughs> Enough of this segment. I was just in Jerry's world. I didn't want to come from Jerry's world to hear this. Since the 49er? Yeah, I don't want to hear this. Who are you? Any role models growing up? Role models. I'd have to say my pops. My pops, you know, looking back on it, uh, you know, he came, grew up, you know, in a trailer park without a dad. And uh, he was always the example for me. You know, a five to five guy, get home from work, 
take me to go practice baseball, go practice basketball, go practice football. It didn't matter. We were practicing everything. Mm-hmm. But he was also like a Dudley Do-Right, you know, a guy that, you know, had his own little business, came up from nothing, uh, always just always was a good example. You know, he had his fireside back in the day, you know, but like to overcome that and do what he's done to give me my opportunity mm-hmm. and allow me to you know, leapfrog our family. You know what I mean? There's always like that that parent that has to do that grind that gives his kid the better opportunity. Mm-hmm. So then you that Sacrifice. kid hopefully takes mm-hmm. opportunity and, and makes his family even higher. You know what I mean? In in that in that whatever mm-hmm. um in opportunity. So, you know, he's been a huge influence on me, you know, especially after having a kid. You know, I got a five year old girl and all those things you heard your dad say that you're like shrugging off you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy no you know you're young right yeah. dumb little kid it, you know you're starting to see those when you're interacting with your kid and you're like man he was actually doing the right thing right you know what i mean right. so to have that which i don't know where he learned that because he didn't he have didn't a pop have right you know what i mean so like learn on the fly a learn on a fly a self-made guy that that's always been you that's know dope. something i respect that's dope you touched on fatherhood obviously now being retired you have more time yeah uh and you have a daughter. What's yeah. that like? It's awesome. Uh, Jack, you got what? Four daughters? Four, do- five? five. Yeah, the little gr- little five, girls. Six baby moms, but that's another story. <laughs> hey, we're all a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, uh, it's been awesome because you can actually get in her environment and and do the things in her environment you know as as a parent that i lived in boston for 12 years uh-huh. you know first three four years of her life and i was in new york for the last six months doing inside the nfl she comes out for a week a month she out here yeah she's out here okay. in la so she come out for a week a month it's not really the same you know it's it's tough and you don't see your kid for three weeks mm-hmm. and then you know to have the time where even if you don't have her, you could pick her up from school, take her home and be in her environment, be around her friends. Like right. that's been like a huge eye opener and, and an awesome experience for me to get to see right. that, you know, taking her to soccer practice, piano, mm-hmm. getting her to tennis and, and you know, the whole, you know, parent life. It's, it's fun. And to see the progression from each week mm-hmm. when like gymnastics or you, you yep. see her that she struggled on the beam and then the next week, like she gets Got it. it. Yeah. You know, or like soccer, you know, like scoring goals and stuff. That stuff's like, that's pretty fun. No, it's awesome. That's, you know I mean, I mean? that's one of the reasons why I left early. You know what I mean? Yeah. I signed a three-year deal the year I ended up retiring. It was for those reasons. I was yeah. missing school stuff. I was missing sporting activities, birthdays, holidays. It's just like, damn, like those are the days you can't get back. You can't, you know, and, and it's just crazy, you know. I, I grew up from... I grew up in, like, my my parents were married. I'm not married, you know, with, with my daughter's mom. And, mm-hmm. like, to have that that whole, it's it's a, it's a hard life. You know what I mean? You got a burden you of, to? you know what I mean? I, I Please don't take me back. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So, and, it, and it's a learning experience. Co-parenting, yes. You know, it's a learning experience. And, and it you know, if if you're willing to learn and, and when you're green and you're growing, you know, that's that's always the best, you yeah. know, and, and that's what I've been learning as this has been going on. So it's been an awesome experience. Yes, there's ups and downs, but, you know, as long as we're going up. True. I think the best thing about us is we don't get credit for our hearts and the people we are. Like, a lot of people don't see what we really go through, you know, being a father that's not really there. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it takes a toll on you. I think that probably the 
most I've ever cried in my life has been over my kids and yeah. not being there. And, and you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that distance and the friction that it may cause or they may cause that's not even really there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that dealing with that alone and be able to still be a father, a provider, protector and all that, it takes a lot and we don't get credit for that. Mm. Hey, you know, it it's very tough. Even when you don't have, like for, when you don't have your kid, you're, you're thinking about your kid. Constantly, bro. You know, constantly. You know, whether it's something that you see, something comes on the TV. You know, there's always something that reminds things. you yep. of your kid. Yeah, and, and that's tough. So that's, you know, and then you have to, you're being a provider. You got to go out and perform and do what you have to do. Right. But then you got like a natural guilt or, you know, it, there's a lot of things. There's emotions. And that's, I guess that's yeah. parenting. and That's yeah. life. We're right. trying to fucking just bottle these things up and, Figure it out as and we learn. Move. Right. I remember, I remember my mama used to tell me all the time ooh, when I was a kid. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's when you know you're Finders, flossy. keepers. That's when you know you're... That's what he just like. Then he didn't realize it, right? Flies off. Yeah, that boy's rich. Didn't realize it, kept I, the conversation I, going. I remember, my, I remember my mama told me, she used to tell me all the time when I used to stay out the house for like weeks and don't come home. She'll be like, one day you're going to have your own kids and you're going to see why I'm sitting in this room stressing. Mm. Yeah. I used to stay going for weeks. Why you not, why you ain't tell, why you ain't calling, check in or nothing like that? She's just, I'm stressing, missing work and all that. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm all right, I'm a grown man. Now, being away from my kids and know how things happen, know my kids traveling, playing sports and all this stuff, and I know how dangerous things are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now Especially I'm feeling it. Crazy joke. world, man. Crazy world. Nowadays. Crazy world. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Uh, Transitioning, you said you were a late bloomer. Uh, How tall and how much did you weigh going into high school? I was like 4'11", a buck 05. Buck five, buck Dang. oh five, yeah. That's little. I was little. I was a little kid. I so like. So how tall do you know? How much you weigh now? I'm five ten, probably like one ninety six. What was your playing weight? One ninety eight. Okay. One ninety eight. Five ten. So so you just you just uh, is just a coincidence your playing weight? What? I'm two pounds under. I'm just saying. It's you gotta just, stay a little lighter. I'm, just, when I'm you're saying older. so. It's just a coincidence. You've been having all this time off, and you still playing weight. Fuck out of here. There's something to it. Something like to, to stay in shape. <laughs> you know, you're in LA, it's always sunny. Yeah, yeah. facts, facts. So, so he, especially as a retired guy, you know, I'm, I'm, st- my body clock's all fucked up. Word. You know, you're like, right now, it, it Coachella just happened. So, over Did like, you go? Last, no, I didn't go, I didn't mm-hmm. go. But that was always like, all right, we have OTAs Yo, next know, day. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to be a month before that. My, you know, you're not working out as much. So, you feel, you know, it just feels weird. You're 
you know, because you, you're so, you, we're all creatures of habit, right. especially as routine, athletes. Right. And the routine that we've gone through, and if you've played, you know, 10 plus years or something, I mean, especially from when you were a kid, that it's essentially the same. Go to school, fucking practice. Now school was just, you know, go to like film and, and installations, which is like a class of its own, and then go to, to practice. So, you know, my body's been all crazy, but I was a late bloomer. I was mm. full late bloomer. Mm. Can we do Coachella next year? Come with us. I'm We've down. never been. This will be our first I've time. I've never been. So we just I've had Chandler Parsons yesterday, and he drove back the morning of, and he was, I don't want to rat on him, but he had a tough time just getting through the morning <laughs> was, with yeah. us. He's just like, bro, I had to fucking pull over to a rest stop and take a 20-minute power nap. I, it's just he went hard. Dude, yeah, you got you can't drive that. <laughs> Come on. First time next year. We're, we're going to get a Showtime house out there next year. We're going to get a Showtime house, get a, Showtime a Showtime jet, house. and yeah. a Showtime helicopter. Yeah, we're, They're going to helicopter us here hey. from L.A. so we can do the hey. uh, show here in L.A. and then we'll go do the show there for two or three days. And, we can, and, and we can shoot And then we'll show. go back. Lucky, the boss man is here right now. So uh, he, it's just oh, it's crazy. He is. Yeah, he's right behind the camera. Yeah, yeah Target Market. <laughs> Target Market, baby. <laughs> Target, Target Market. Market. <laughs> Run the card. He said we're in. Hey, so when did you feel like, was it San Mateo, Kent, or was it finally when you made it, when you feel like you were on the radar as far as, like, I, I know I could really play this shit. I've always known that, but now I have a chance to take it to that next level. My whole life, whenever I played football, I felt like I was the best football player in the field. And I always had to hear people say, no, there's this. Like, even... Until I got to the league, I felt like I'm the best. I was always the best football player. I didn't care if he was faster than this. I felt like I knew the game. Right. I knew the vision. I knew how to set things up. I knew how to run the open field. I knew how to make guys miss. I knew how to break tackles. I knew, you know, where they were going to be. How to tackle. You used to play DB, too. DB. You played DB in the NFL for a little bit. For, like, a coffee. Right. A coffee. <laughs> a coffee. I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, you know, so I was never always the guy. So I was always having to, like, prove myself. And I was always a guy that had to, like, worry about what was on my plate at that time in my life. And so it was like that until, like, five years into six mm. years, seven years into my career. Mm -hmm. You know, where you, you constantly have to prove yourself. And I don't know if it's like that or if I just think like that or if I'm just fucked up in the head where, like, I had to, like, train myself or, like, make myself think things. Right. But that's how I've always felt. I never always thought, like, I always thought I could play football. And, and of course, you always got a little nervous in certain situations, si situations yeah. like your first college game or your first pro game. But after the first player, after you zone in and you've been prepared for the opportunity, you know, once the ball hits your hands, you get that first hit, you know, you're like, all right, it's football. This mm -hmm. is the same shit I've been playing my whole mm -hmm. life that I, you know, I know this shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've always felt that way. Um, and then, like, in my career, throughout my career, when I, like, the question, you say, when did you feel like you were there or, or something like that? I, I remember any time I felt like that, I ended up getting hurt or something. Mm. When I remember, like, in 2015, we just won our first Super Bowl in 14. I was going into that year. Like, I was balling out, having career year. And I remember just sitting back, like, man, this is pretty easy. You mm. know, not, like, easy, but, like, like shit's good. Shit's good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we were like ten and zero. Ended up going breaking a foot. You know, then something happened. So then, after that, 
like I became like, all right, I can't think like that ever, you know? And and that's how I had to think, and that's how I had to have my mentality right. and my mindset in order for me to prepare my best. You know, I wasn't always the, you know, I was an asshole, you know, but I had to do that. I had to psych myself right. in a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. You guys have all played with someone like mm-hmm. that, you know? And I'm like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I had to do that to, to get my play up. Right, right. No, I'm not mad at that. I feel it. Yeah. You started your career early on as a quarterback. How would you explain your quarterbacking style? What kind of quarterback were you? Terrible. <laughs> Stupid. I was just do that to run and kind of throw. Okay. No, uh, you know, I was a, I was a decent <laughs> college quarterback, dual threat guy. Um, you know, I I look back on my my throwing days and my quarterback days after playing in the league and learning little stupid things here and there and, and what you if you eliminated certain things, how much better you naturally could be. And I, I just, I was like, yeah, I was such a dumb quarterback. Like, <laughs> ball security was terrible. Throwing picks, I'd have like four or five plays. You'd be like, oh my god, what's going? Oh, that's a bad motherfucker. But then you'd have like ten plays where I'm throwing the ball, interceptions, <laughs> ball security, putting the ball down. Like I was running around with that thing, toning like a loaf of bread. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, I had some good plays, but I wish I would have took care of the football more. More gratifying, like a dope ass run or just a pitcher perfect pass for a touch, both for touchdowns. For me, it was a pass. Okay, because everyone expected it as the run. Okay, you know I was that right. guy where right. I could take off and run on guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if I got like a good pass, that was always that was, that that was, was my it. thing. That was him for you. Gotcha. You always want what you you know you always want to really do have, right the yeah. thing that you, you uh-huh. it was your weakness and yeah. I was a weak thrower so I couldn't be an NFL quarterback but the British Columbia Lions did ask me to come play quarterback for them the C- the CFL the CFL after, after you retired a, no after uh, my my uh, last year of college oh, okay so I was like debating that because I didn't I never played receiver I was like I don't know man how'd that transition happen I was just talking with my pops and. You know, he's like, it was like a super incentive-based contract where it's like a hundred grand. You get like another hundred grand if you start. You lead top five and pass, you get like 50 grand. So I'm over here doing the math and I'm like, man, that's like 250 grand. That's 2009. I'm, you know, coming out of college. I'm like, that's a, that's a good money. Six mm-hmm. figures. And then, you know, I, I thought to myself, like, I didn't grow up dreaming. I wanted to play in the CFL. I want to right. play in the league. Come so on, man. that was it. Sounds simple enough. That was it. Seventh round draft pick. Thoughts going into the draft? Uh, I just wanted to get drafted. Period. Period. I was like a late round guy, athlete. So when you were in the combines, what did you? I didn't go to the combine. Okay. I wasn't invited. Okay. Yeah. So I had to. I had a pro day. Okay. I wasn't good as a receiver, that. or as just whatever the fuck they needed. They, so I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I kicked too. No. Yeah. I, I did receiver <laughs> drills. The Steelers made me do like DB drills, okay, like safety drills. They made me catch punts, kicks, whatever. They made me do a lot of things. You know, it was crazy. The, the Patriots worked me out like three times because the draft process. You go, you do your combine, then you have the pro days, then they have private workouts, then they have visits, and then the draft. So like, I started getting. I ran some good times, so I started getting a lot of calls. For like these workouts, you know, and then like the Patriots call and, and they they sent out their running backs coach and Ivan Fierce, funny ass guy, and uh, 
he he put me through some drills, running back stuff. And so like, then I go out and work out for like Chicago. I work out for the Miami Dolphins. And then the Patriots sent over the receivers coach. And usually teams don't work you out two times. And so I do a bunch of receiver drills. They And then they leave and I go work out for another team. And the Patriots send their special teams coordinator, mm-hmm. Scotty O'Brien. And so he makes me catch punts, does all these drills. I'm dropping balls left and right because, like, catching a punt, there's an art to it, you know, like, and I didn't know the technique. You know, if the ball turns over with the right-footed punter, if it, you, see, you know how they turn over? Mm-hmm. Then it's going to go to your left, so you oh, play it on your right titty. You know, if, if it doesn't turn over and it stays up, it's going to die and go Right. Oh, so you got to right read, you punter, can read so you the trajectory of the, the other one. Oh. You know, and then vice versa for That's left dope. kickers. And I had no clue. I was just over here trying to judge punts. And if you know that, it's different. So I dropped a bunch of punts. I'm sitting there like, I'm not getting drafted by the Patriots. I thought <laughs> I was going to be a dolphin. And these, these jokers came and picked me up. So it was crazy. What was your first introduction to that team? I mean, you played, a, you said you had a cup of coffee as a DB. Uh, when did you, because Welker was Welker. right before you? Yeah. Was he still there? He was there. I played okay. well for four years. Okay. So when, when when did you kind of find your spot? I had I had to make myself versatile. Okay. Uh, my first year, I had like 36 balls or 43 balls with playoffs, and Walker got hurt, and I had some production. And so, like, I was thinking the next year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ball out. Walk's coming back from the ACL. And that didn't happen. Walker played. Uh, Randy played. We traded for uh, Dion Branch. And I was kind of like trying to find my way. So I was doing special teams, returning punts, uh, covering kicks, and doing that, making plays in the kicking game to earn myself opportunity to stay on the team because mm-hmm. they kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that next year I had, like, seven balls. Next year I had, like, seven balls. And then, like, my fourth year, you know, I I competed well in camp and I got a lot of time at the beginning of the season, broke a foot, broke a hand, so didn't really get going. And it wasn't until, like, the next contract, I signed a one-year deal after that. Welker ended up leaving, going to Denver. I signed a one-year deal. They wanted a two-year. I wanted a one-year uh league minimum and in 13 and and had 105 catches mm. for you know a thousand yards when Welker departed uh so and then I got paid and and signed like a four-year deal with them again so that's when you know I kind of got my break and my opportunity on the offensive side of the ball but for the first like three or four years I had wow. to grind and mm-hmm. I was like playing DB playing fucking special teams and you know I loved it you know right. I was a teamer and that, right. that's like a different player like those guys are usually you know they, they have to back guys up you know for roster spots but they have to be a badass motherfucker on the special teams in order to make yourself valuable mm-hmm. enough to be on a team because mm. there's only 53 spots right. you know what I mean so you know that that was my career I had to like grind and grind and battle through injury you know and then once you know I, I got some more opportunity and earned more opportunity that's when, you know, things went well. Got to show your ass. How good was Randy Moss? Man, Randy I was about to motherfucking ask that question. Randy was good. How good was he and what was he like? Because he just sounds kind. I never got a chance to meet him. He just sounds so country. Randy's he so is. country. The home. He's, yeah. so, He's country. so country. The best thing about, like, Randy, like, in practice, you'd see these crazy catches. You know, he was just, like, it was so easy to him in one-on-ones. 
like and he had really good uh judgment skills when the ball was in the air he would run and at the last second he would just go boop and go because the dbs are waiting for you to put your hands out mm -hmm. to hit your hands and randy would just he would it looked like he wasn't even going and he would just rainbow it in and just keep it and keep moving or he would just moss dudes but like <laughs> you know he had the one handers all the time on the sideline he was always really good at that but it was always the best when randy randy would fucking come in on saturdays which is like walk through day mental day day before game you get you you start a little later everything's kind of like we're just mentally turning up got to travel or whatever meetings Randy would roll in and every week give us like a, a breakdown of what happened on 60 Minutes the night before. <laughs> and he would, it would be so funny the way he would say shit because he's country as fuck. Right. He'd be like, this bitch over here thought he could kill his wife. Like, he would just, <laughs> we would sit in our whole receiver meeting and Randy would, he would tell us, like, we're supposed to be watching shit, but when you're a vet, you know, he runs the meeting yeah. and he would sit there and he would tell us about it. And he'd be, it was just so funny. Mm. And we'd all be dying. Our, our receiver coach, he was a rookie at the time, Chad O'Shea. He's with uh, the Browns so right he now. He couldn't say shit about it. Nah, he's sitting there like, yeah, Randy, can we get our meeting started? <laughs> <laughs> but he was fun. Like in pre-practice pre lines, Randy was always funny. Like he would just, we would line up in lines, offense, defense. Randy would be over on the defensive side making fun of Will Fork the whole time. <laughs> Will Fork's over here making fun of him. Bill roll around, wagging his damn fucking whistle, talking shit to Randy. Randy talking shit to Bill. Like, he was fun to be around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's That was Randy. Yeah. And he was a bad dude. So you said your first, obviously, few years you were on the grind. When did you feel like you started really developing a relationship with Tom? I started developing a relationship Probably the second and third year, my second and third year, because I found out he um, trained out here in L.A. And we were represented by the same agents, Ian Dubin Sports. And I was like, yo, let me know when he's out there. So right. I'll fucking pack up. I'll move to L.A. Right. and train out there until he needs me. Mm -hmm. Called me the first year like one time, packed up, middle of anything, fucking left everything. Went out and threw with them. Called me more the second year. They started calling me, you know, regularly. And we started working out. And that's how we learned each other, you know. Because I, I, as a receiver, you're so dependent on, an, on a position mm -hmm. at, with the quarterback. So let's be honest. You can't, you can't burn the hand that feeds you. Right. Whatever he says goes because right. he's the one who's going to get you the rock. And the more I know what he wants me to do while we're doing routes on air and, and the way he's learning my body language, right. he's learning how I get break in and out of cuts. How you get out of the more, cuts. you know, yeah. that's when you start learning, guys. And then I already know, you know, in the middle of a play, he would say, middle field close, and we run. I have to change my route in the middle of the, you know, the play. You know, then I'm, I'm it's training you, you know, your, your, your mind, and then you're, you're figuring each other out. And, you know, that's when, you know, we, we developed a chemistry. It was always in the off season. It wasn't until I got my opportunity because he had that he had that chemistry with Welker. Welker right. was a fucking yeah, badass dude. Monster. Dude, Welk was really good and I learned a lot from him because similar size you got similar sizes? He was a little smaller actually. Okay. He was like uh, he was like five eight, mm. about eighty-three. Mm -hmm. But he had he had these releases and his fast twitch was so insane. Where he like he could do like three or four little steps in front of like a DB that's pressed on him, 
because he had such choppy feet and the, the guy line. would commit and churn his hip and he could just go mm -hmm. and get by. So his routes were really good. And I got to learn a lot of stuff watching him, you know, so, you know, but he, that, that chemistry that he had with Brady, I had to develop that in the off season. And, and that's when, you know, once I got a lot more opportunity, that's why it clicked and we were able to keep it going. Yeah. You should step right in. You said the first year you got 105 catches. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would say. Uh, what's he like as a person? He's, I think, obviously starting to come out and talk a little, uh, a lot more. Uh, but the day-to-day -day time, we only get to see the, the the game time. He's one of the boys. You know, he's he's a really cool dude. He's fun to be around. He got like dad jokes. <laughs> you know, like he, because he's like forty-three. You know, so he'd be like, throw a little joke out or something. You're like, all right, that was like funny and. 2003, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, it, there's banter always. It's shit just, talker? He talks shit? Oh, he talks hella shit. Yeah. Brady talks shit. Brady loves to compete in anything. Mm -hmm. Right. We go play knockout because Brady, you know, golf. Brady's competing ping pong. You know, he, he he's going to do everything he can to win. He's not letting up. If he's playing this kid, Doesn't swatting him. Yeah. You know, there, there's going to be a time where Little Jack's gonna be able to beat him. It's it's not for a while. Brady's Brady's breaking his heart, <laughs> you know. But you know he's that's what he is. He's a competitive dude, and it was always funny because you'd see these young ass kids that get in the locker room. And I was a young kid when I got in the league. He was like 33, 34. and then he played like another twelve. 30, he's still playing fourteen years. So like, there's like guys that were like zero, not even born playing with the guy that they saw their whole life right. as just a crazy a freaking god. I mean, he's a Michael Jordan of the sport. You know right. what I mean? You see a kid who's 22, 23. He's been doing that for like the last 10, six years, dealing with these kids. Like, so he, he goes in the locker room and he doesn't get to feel a lot of the, you know, with the older teams that, you know, the, the we're boys yep. type shit, you know, because yep. guys are like, this dude's famous, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, everyone's, he's got an aura about him. When you walk around him with the young guys, like, they're like scared to talk to him. Right. You know what I mean? But he'll try to joke, you know, so it's it's changed. Right. And you've seen how it's changed. And he has his, you know, he, he'll link up with his guys or something, you know what I mean? But, you know, he's he's always very inviting to everyone. He's, a, he's like awkwardly nice, but he's definitely an assassin mm -hmm. when it comes to competing, like, in anything. That was always the funnest when, when like, the best was always when he fucking ran for a first down. Like, he would get up so fired up. It'd be, a, it'd be a, a six-second, three-yard game. <laughs> but it'd be like a third and three or something. He would get so fired up. He would get in guys' faces. It's, that's when I that, – that was fun. Is yeah. when, like, or you play the Steelers and there was some shit talking going on. He, he'll single out someone after he throw a touchdown on him, go up to him. Oh, fuck, what did you say about that? On oh, no. Like – his touchdown runs wasn't pretty, though. No. No. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Absolutely. He's like a Clydesdale. <laughs> you know, like a Cadillac. The thing's got to get going. <laughs> but it, it's crazy. He's, but that's, that's he's a fun guy, man. What he's, was, uh, one person I always wanted to know, not to cut you off, what's Gronk like? Gronk. He just looks Party like a animal. fucking animal. He's a big kid. And people I, forgot it was crazy. I'm not to cut you off. I saw something maybe like three weeks ago on early Gronk and how like he was a cold. People forget how good he was when he first got a hot athletic and strong and dude. running over people. And dude, Gronk was insane. Mm. He mm. looked. 
I've said it so many times. He looked like an eighth grader playing against second graders <laughs> in the league. Like, there was a five, like a four-year span where you couldn't tackle him. And that's why guys started going low at him, you know, and mm -hmm. then he blew out his knee when they went, they, you can't get him down. Guys mm -hmm. would be hitting this guy and he bouncing off and he was so athletic and fast and could make catches. Like, he, he, I think he's the best tight end that I've seen, not just, you know, in this era, but I think ever. One of the greatest. There's no like, question and, about and that. The, mm -hmm. what, def, what makes him so much different than other guys is he was a monster in the run game. Great blocker. Great blocker. Mm -hmm. Great. Blo I mean, he, he like, ended Van de Bosch's career. Like, he hit this guy. Like, and that's not good. You don't ever want mm -hmm. that. But, like, he was, he like, was. a little-ass kid. Like, he was – and this was Van de Bosch. He was, like, one of the baddest mm -hmm. dudes. I remember that in Detroit. And that's when I was, like, man, this guy's a fucking beast. And then you saw him in, like, Washington where he's, like, dragging people. Like, his early clips – are insane. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's uncoverable still because he just, he's got naturally mm -hmm. great hands. Yep. He can judge football and he's never really covered because he's still big, yeah, but he's not as, throw it. you know, like those earlier Gronks. When you get older in football, you smarten up. Yeah, got to. You know what I mean? There, there's like these little things that you would do when you're a young player, probably in basketball too. You're like, instead of like yamming on someone you just all right we're good i don't want to hurt my knees <laughs> you know what i mean there's these little calculated things that when you're young you just go and then when you get older you're like man that's that's a four-week injury that's a four-week sprained ankle or knee if i make this you know you're not thinking that but you're <laughs> right. in you you're it's like a, yeah. that's gonna hurt it's definitely a possibility you have the rare rare opportunity of uh playing for the same coach your whole career whole career a legendary the goat chuck bill bill belichick was there any bad moments in that time? I wouldn't say there was bad moments. There was learning moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, I learned on how to be great just through example of Bill Belichick, you know, and also Tom Brady's and a lot of the players. But Bill, you know, with, with his formula on what he thinks is best for his football team and how disciplined he stays to that formula, like year in and year out, mm -hmm. it's it's amazing. I've never seen like I haven't seen complacency kick in with him on on a lot of factors, you know. And you know, it's been it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy like moment to even think about. You got to play with probably one of the best coaches of all time in, in all sports. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this dude, it, it's nuts. I'm I'm super interested to see how he's going to do going forward in the new league because mm -hmm. this league's changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's completely different. It's more like basketball, the spacing, you know, and, and the playmakers on the outside is just changing the game. The freedom, mm -hmm. too. You know what I mean? Freedom. Get, and, and Grabbed and all that shit, yeah. So it, it's going to be – I'm, I'm interested to see how – uh, you know, he evolves. You do you do a good impersonation, I heard. Can you give us a little something? <laughs> little uh, Belichick. Yeah. He's like just demoralize you through like the simplest way of saying things. It was with his tones and like his actions. He had bill tube. It was like low lights. After practice, he would throw on the next day in the morning or something, a bunch of shitty fundamental plays or something that we would do in practice. And like, if you dropped a ball on the flat or something, he would sit there 
And he would rewind it. And this is in front of the whole team. <laughs> whole team, fucking, you know, 60 guys, regular season with practice squad and all. 100 guys because you got coaches and all the people, upper division there. And he would sit and he would rewind it like three or four times right where the, the drop is, right where the drop is, right where the drop is. And then he would fucking, he would look at like the, the, the crowd of the team because it's like a pavilion. And he'd be like, you mean to tell me you can't make a wide route catch in the National Fucking Football League? <laughs> we got kids in Foxborough High School that can make this play. And then he would rewind it like four more times. <laughs> and then he, he would chime in again. He goes, like, me and fucking Ernie can make this play. And then he would rewind it. And then he'd go back. He, you assholes can't make the, like that's and it wouldn't it'd be very subtle right but it, you you'd be just sitting there like if it was on you oh fuck jesus can we stop it just the embarrassment like i've seen three thousand fucking guys make this catch in this league <laughs> three thousand like it's just, that's how he is. How's the fun, Bill? I mean, you said he was running around talking shit to Randy and lines, like the shit talking fun side, because we only get the short answer, Bill. Bill's, Bill's fun, man. He's he's a competitor. The better you were, the more you could get away with them. <laughs> you know, and especially with the defensive guys, he's a defensive coach. So D guys are always talking shit in a happy mood because Bill would be backing them up and call in, in practice. But, like, we would be talking shit, you know, and you'd be like, fuck you in the middle of, like, stretching and stuff because you kind of know we have, like, a third down period. It's Thursday. It's third down. And we've been emphasizing our uh, third and short both team as a team are, like, ones versus their ones. Like, that whole, you know, comp they used to call it competition period. You're not going against the scout teams. And so, like, we'd always just talk shit to each other. And, you know, he... He his the way he makes fun of guys is like it's extremely funny. You know, like and demoralizing because he can bring in like facts and players Back it from up. like you think you're fucking LT. <laughs> he, I played with the best, I coached the best fucking like he loved LT. You know what I mean? There's certain guys you think like he just seen so much football where he could just demoralize you with like Something he says along those lines. I love it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 
10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Losing to the Giants. Unbelievable season. Getting to the Super Bowl. I wasn't playing that much then. That was like my third year in the league when we had both the tight ends and we kind of, that's when the change of like re-revolutionized offense when Mm -hmm. we brought in Gronk and Hernandez. Gronk was beat up. We ended up losing that game. That was, that was terrible. That was, that was, you know, going into the off season the next year after a loss. And then, you know, when you get to the Super Bowl as as a team, you lose a lot of guys after the Super Bowl because contracts, everyone gets paid. You know, you win it or you get to the bowl, everyone's getting paid and leaving. Mm. You know, so then we were in another rebuilding stage going into 13, which it was like a lot of turnover. And then 14 came and then, you know, we went and won it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we kept it going for a, for a while. Like, I went to eight straight, like, AFC championship games. That's crazy. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Eight straight. That's crazy. So you yeah. get your first ring. Uh Nine catches, 109. Uh, I had another show before I did this, and I I got the rare opportunity to sit down and talk to Marshawn Lynch on that, you know. Money? Two yards from the goal line to win the Super Bowl, and they decided to throw it. 
you guys so pick happy. it. So he told me uh, how he felt and how all the dudes in the huddle were stunned. Even Russell Wilson kind of hesitated for a second. What did you guys think watching that? Like you, everyone in the world knew it was going to him, and when it didn't, what was your immediate thought before, even before the interception? Put in context, we got smoked on that fucking play all week in practice. All week in practice, because like Super Bowl practice week, everyone's like tense. Everyone's flying. You know, you want to feel good, play good. And so like the, when the defense is out, usually we'd be doing things. We do our work, our side work, and then we get in and we want to see, I want to see if the defense has been studying, you know what I mean? I want to see where they're at, if they're feeling confident. Mm-hmm. And Josh Boyce was running this little rub route like 20 times, smoking us on it, smoking us on it. And right when they went to that formation, we had the, like the play. I'm sitting there like, they're going to fucking throw this thing. You know, and then it happened. I didn't know it was picked. Like we couldn't see on the uh, sideline, okay. and then he picked it. I'm like, oh my god, we just won fucking Super Bowl. Mm. What the? He- they fucking threw it. I'm sitting there like, money's gonna go in. I'm going through like my how much time we might potentially have. We might have 30 seconds. You know, 26 seconds. What are our plays? We have timeouts. You're going situational football. You're thinking about it, and then it happened. You're like. Oh my God! Thank God they threw. What yeah, y'all not, not stopping. Running. Y'all not stopping yeah, Mar- Marshawn Lynch running. in that moment. You yeah. ain't stopping Marshawn Lynch for the play yard. of the game. Dante Hightower, the play before, he fucking got him down. And you got to watch yep. the replay. Like he he got him down when he was down with like an arm. He got Marshawn Lynch down with that arm. That was a huge play. And then you know, obviously Malcolm made that. Mm-hmm. And then he made the play. I mean, it mm-hmm. was in it was in their head. I remember that you got to beat up. You got to jam the first guy, and you got to break. And that, that was the coaching point that they were trying to get all week, all week. The one time it mattered the most. And then, boom. Dope. Got it. That was nuts. Deflate Gate. 2015, the NFL spends $22 million to investigate y'all and suspends Brady for four games in 2016. But you, you, you look at no, you're trying to get a sneak peek on no, me. No, like, just, just looking because, I, like I said, I, I'm a huge football's first for me. Yeah. Like, I was a football player playing basketball, so I love hearing the inside side of this shit because I'm a football player at heart. You think it was bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. I mean, it's some bull. Like, if you look into the facts of this whole thing. Both teams' balls were deflated. You know, I mean, like there's a, there's a whole. I think it was there was a there was a witch hunt, mm. full witch hunt. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Not to the point where they went like you know what I mean with with all the facts and on both sides this that as much as everyone wants to bitch and complain and and, and that pissed me off honestly. Was it uh? Baltimore or something said something to then Indy and then Indy, you know, the next year we played them, I, I was so pumped up. I was so, I was too fired up. It actually made me not play as good. I mean, I balled out. I had some, some plays, but like it took me out of my game because I was so fucking mad at mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Like trying to rain on my guys parade. Right. Mm-hmm. This was four. So this was a big Super Bowl. This was like, he just tied Joe. He just tied Terry Bradshaw, mm-hmm. you know, all the quarterbacks that had four. You know, and then like this, and then he goes out, and they, the whole next year, it's gone. We're good, and then we in sixteen, he fucking suspend him. And then we go out and win the Super Bowl. Like, 
I don't know. It was it was it was crazy, man. I don't know what they were doing. Do do receivers have a preference? Uh no. More of the tack. The tack of the ball. What that mean? And like cuz like they they put those balls through like a huge each one of those balls is like probably an hour of man work. Like a game ball with how they rub them. Oh, really? They they put like the the leather conditioners on them. They'll get like a a bin of grass and they'll rub them in the grass. They'll put them in the dryer. They want Damn. they they want to get that that like you want the beat up kind of mm-hmm. broken in version. And that's what like a lot of those like that's what most of the quarterbacks do. They're all like very close to their their guy. So you know I don't really care the but the tack and like the humidity outside or or. You know that that's all huge, especially with what glove you're wearing and everything. Mm-hmm. I always liked it a little humid with like a little tack on the ball. That was always that was money stickies. For you. That was money. Let's get the stickies out. Actually, won some money on that game. Yeah, y'all down in the locker room. Actually, I met uh, one of my friends' house, and everybody I'm talking about is in Atlanta. Everybody going for the Falcons halftime down twenty-eight-three. What y'all was thinking in the locker room? I'm talking cash shit still. This is Tom Brady. I'm still talking cash shit in the back of my mind. I'm like, damn, I done lost my money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking shit. I'm still riding with y'all. What y'all thinking in the locker room? I I was like fucking, I was embarrassed. And I was like, man, we can't go out like this. This is ridiculous. That was like my initial to myself kind of moment. And then, you know, you get into like, all right, this is Super Bowl. No one ever gets blown on a Super Bowl. We're not Denver Broncos. Back when the Niners did, remember? 55 to 55. 10. Or the Smack Chargers. That was the Chargers score. The Chargers. Yeah. You know, wow. so they're always, you know, as long as we kind of just play one play at a time, you never know. Like, let's just kind of focus up. The things that we did in the first half were the, like the three things that we said we couldn't do. We couldn't turn the fucking ball over. You got to score points in the red area. We threw a pick six in the red area. And then, you know, you have to score touchdowns in the red area. We got, you know, we got stopped twice mm-hmm. when we crossed their 40. So, like, little things, like, we were driving the ball. It wasn't like we weren't doing things. We were getting things done. It wasn't as clean as we wanted it, but that's how Super Bowls are. This was our second one at the time, you know, as this team was right. going on. So, you kind of felt that, and, you know, then one thing led to another. We were just making plays and just trying to stick into the game plan, you know, and and tighten up the stupid mistakes. And once we did that, you know, that's when – you know, we started playing well. And I think a lot of that had to do is they were running us all week that week. Like, even up to the Super Bowl, we were still doing conditioning, and Bill would be twirling his fucking his whistle, and he just yells, put it in the bank. <laughs> while, he's, while we're running, up, we have uphill runs. He's like, just put it in the fucking bank. You got to deposit the hard work. Like, you say shit like that when we're running, and... We played like 105 plays on offense that game, which is a lot. That's a lot of plays. And like we tired them out, mm-hmm. you know, and then we were able to execute when we were tired. Mm-hmm. And and all those little things and, and playing one play at a time, and it, those all led to like the most improbable comeback, which is still crazy if crazy. you watch it. If you watch it, like I'm, I'm sitting there, like, damn, we had to do everything right. I missed halftime in the third quarter. You guys are getting blown out. I took a nap and woke back up in the in the fourth quarter. No bullshit. I had people at the house, and I was just too high. Um, but woke back up in the fourth quarter, like, what the fuck is going on here? Y'all came back and won it. Crazy. 2017, <laughs> uh, ACL injury. Um, you told us before 
interesting side, and I asked if you didn't mind sharing this. You were trying to obviously come back from that injury. Uh, take, take it from there. Yeah, I ended up getting popped for uh, unknown, sub- unknown substance, you know, so, you know, went into that. Had to got, I got suspended for four games, which in, you know, in the grand, like looking back on it after an ACL at 32 wasn't, wasn't particularly bad to have four extra more weeks, rest time. you know, and have more under your belt. But, uh, you know, that, that was a shitty situation. But in order to keep my routine, I don't even know if I'm allowed to share this, but I, I got to go to the Celtics f- facility and and they took me in and let me rehab there, use their facility, sit and, you know, like ha- keep my routine like a professional athlete. And that's when it was they were in training camp. So, like, I was around their fellas. Who was on that team then for the Celtics? Kyrie was there, Robert Williams, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Tice. Uh, Mark Smart. Marcus Smart. Shout out Marcus Smart, Marcus man. Smart. Defensive player of the year yeah. this year. Congrats. Congrats He's bro. been balling, man. Yeah, he he well. works hard. Yeah. First guard to do it since Gary Payton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were in the locker room too, right? I so was in the locker room. I had a locker. So, yeah. So, what's the difference? Because, like, in the basketball locker room, we're all in there talking shit. It's a kind of a tighter circle. You obviously, and I asked you before, like, your NFL locker rooms are defense, offense, special teams, kickers. Yeah. What, what's the How did you like the basketball environment? It was awesome because they were all on, like, they're on, like, their own little schedule you know like each guy had their shoot time you know it was a little more laid back it was less intense i'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. but i think that's because they have more games and there's more you know what i mean it's It's like baseball it's a a slow grind slow grind you know what i mean like ours like in our training camp we have 90 guys on there and and you got guys trying to make the team and guys are like walking on glass because you got the turk walking around cutting jokers left and right you know, so like, it, it was just a, it was it was different, but like it's also a different sport. Like it's more individualized, where you guys are sitting working on your, you know, your your craft twenty four seven. Just boom, everyone had their own coach, and you know, like it was a lot more pl- player driven. Like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're like cattle. <laughs> just so get over here, yeah. get a bunch of mother. You know what yeah, I mean? So like many of you guys. get the big guys over there, get the little right. guys over there. You know right. what I mean? Right. So like. The I, I thought that having more coaches for more like, like less guys, I thought that was probably an advantage. You know, as far as mm-hmm. you got, you know, a receiver room in the beginning of the year, we got fucking right. eighteen guys with one coach. Yeah, it's tough. So for the younger guys, you know, it, it's harder for them because they're really catering to like the guys yeah. that are going to play, the Get guys are making the, the team. Right. So like those are the little things I thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes from basketball to football. Mm-hmm. You know, because we don't have like a minor league, we don't have a G league. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's you get it or you don't. You get in or you're out. <laughs> right. Transitioning, we're almost finished here. Um, you've been a big advocate fighting anti-Semitism. Jack was in an incident about a year, year and a half ago, um, and then you guys have since talked, hung out, and actually talked about actually doing something in the space together. Yeah. We definitely did. We got to get something going. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, tell me what. Tell me. Tell the world what is the, what's going on. I mean, we're right here at Showtime, so I mean, there's no. We gotta make something. No, it's basically, basically, you know, we had uh, we were both here for Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, me, him, and Espinosa, and we all went to dinner. And uh, after dinner, me and him and uh, Espinosa went had a good night out, sipping back on Grandpa's old cough medicine, maybe. Yeah, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Yeah, we had, we had we had a good time, man, and we got a chance to actually talk about a lot of stuff, uh, dealing with all that, man, and um, it we came. Wanna- 
we came just, out, we started talking yeah. about we need to do a show together. Yeah. You know, do because, something just to like, you know, everyone's first instinct when something happens to their people, their community is to like put a guard up. Yeah. Like instead of putting that guard up, let's put a hand out and let's like let's understand it. Let's understand what's going on. You know, just have a conversation. Cause like half the time, like when we look at these things, and I don't want to generalize or come off as wrong, but like both the people are usually like the same. Right. You know, and there's like a miscommunication. Just a different color. And I think that's something or that belief. Us back, right? Or you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just something's different. But yeah. like when it comes to like personality Very trait, similar. Fucking the same thing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like yeah. that's always been my thing. Like, let's like try to educate each other on on our communities because the more we know is it, that's when you start to grow. And yeah, that's it right there. Everything is just a conversation. You know, and when you're green, you grow. When you ripe, you rot. When right. you think you you're done and you you know everything, that's when bad shit happens. Right. When you when you're green and you want to grow on something, that's when like you learn. Right. And when you learn, you grow. Absolutely. Uh, quick hitters, right. coming down the final stretch. If you could pick one receiver that you never got a chance to play with, uh, oh, I already know who you. Who would that be? Terry Rice, baby. <laughs> All right, Jerry come Rice. on, man. Could you imagine him drawing UCLA coverage? Jerry Rice drawing the coverage, and I get to work inside. I'm just saying, when, when, I, when we get a cowboy on here, I'll anybody like Mike Irvin. I want all I cowboy questions. Hey, all I love. Hey, I would play with Mike. I would okay, play with Mike. You, thank you. I'm the just, playmaker. Just, that's I'm, my guy too. Bro, you, excuse me, because you just don't know. Yesterday I had to hear UCLA shit the whole day. Now I got to hear 49er shit the whole day. Like hey, to rub it in, what quarterback would you want to play with if you did it, that you had never got a chance to play with? Like all time, all time. Montana. Yeah, Joe. Joe Montana. 49er? Why would okay? I, bro, I get it. I, I get it. Know. I I mean, it would be pretty. Uh, I think it'd be pretty fun to play with like Aaron Rodgers too. Mm. From the back. I mean. From the Bay. He's from Butte, Chico. Yeah, up north. Yeah, up north. Al yeah. been working out with him. With Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Al said he's so cool. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he said he's super cool. Dude, there's some guys that just have it, you know, yeah. like that, that wrist or whatever. This dude's like, it's crazy to see how he delivers the football, like so nonchalantly, and it just goes. Let's look at the wrist. What's the difference between him and Brady? Uh, that you see. Brady's the same guy always. I'm saying like as far as quarterbacks. Same guy always. Yeah. Don't matter the situation. Yeah. He's going to get the best out of his players. I've only, I, I, that's all I really know. Right. You know, so I mean like, I mean, Brady's, he's won seven Super Bowls. Yeah. That's the biggest. You know what I mean? So like, you got to play <laughs> your best football. You he's play the your goal. No question about that. But you got to play your best football in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And we've seen over the last few years with Aaron Rodgers, you know, he hasn't been playing his best football. You Facts. could say how it's, you know, the team or this. Hey, I'm not reading minds. I'm reading mannerisms. Yeah. And the mannerisms are telling me, yeah. you know, last four years, these guys are number one seed or whatever. I don't have the actual stat. I'm not a crazy stat guy, but right. they've been up there where they should been representing mm -hmm. the NFC and right. they haven't. But who, right. who, 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 he has a... And I want I want to see the Packers do well. I want to see it. I I I thought they were gonna take it last year. Pre-season last year, I took the Packers to win it. But then it just went down this road again. And then they're now we're losing. We're losing Adams. 
Brady shows way more emotion they to me. They keep running games. into them Niners. You got to not stay That's the That's not where I was getting with my okay. good question. Next question. I, Brady shows way more emotion and passion during the game, before the game, and all that. You know, like you just said, Aaron Rodgers is real nonchalant. And I'm going to go through, you know. but just his way. Yeah, I know. That's his way. It's right. his He's way. still great. Still great. Top five dinner guests, dead or alive? Top five? Five people you want to have a, a meal with. Man, this is like a tough one. I think Clint Eastwood would be pretty cool to have. Mm, make never got my a Clint day. You know what I mean? That's make a good call. my day. Clint Eastwood would be really cool. That's a different. Yeah, I didn't know one. I knew that, huh? <laughs> I like blues and shit. Muddy Waters. Yeah. I want to hear stories. Yeah. What was that? Cadillac Records. Is that the movie you saw? Cadillac yep. Records. No, nah, I just I have them on uh, my Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Cadillac <laughs> Records? Huh? Have watch, you seen? I have it. Oh, you gotta see it. it. I gotta the see guy it. Plays yeah. them well on there. Yeah. Muddy Waters. I mean, I would, I would be pretty cool to, like, talk to Steve Jobs. Mm. You know, just kind of get his perspective. I heard he was, like, kind of big asshole. I want to see. I want to see it. Mm. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> you know? Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of, like, you know, big leaders are, are like that. You know what I mean? be a little different. You have to be some type of way. So what am I? That's three? Yeah. Four. Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Mm. The, the stories and the conspiracies yeah, right. yeah. that I've heard. I'd and that see I, your, yeah, I would want to feel her energy, too, just like what she's like to be around. She's a, she was, like, that's Kim Kardashian. That's modern-day Marilyn modern Monroe. Mm. Like, Ooh. if you think about it, like, and also there's so I'm, many. I'm sorry, I can't agree with that, but go ahead. How? She's like oh. the, big, the biggest thing. Really? Kim Kardashian and Marilyn Monroe, that's a great comparison? I'm not mad at it. I never looked at it that way, but it makes sense. Glam girls, they're glam girls. How did I'm how, not saying, but like, but how did Marilyn Monroe get on? Uh, by I, sex tape. I mean, <laughs> by you know Joe DiMaggio. There's, you know, there's a bunch of like. The like I said, I want to know. The That's president. why I want to have the dinner. I don't know, the but president. I want to. I want to know the conspiracy. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you right, know, right, right, so right. there's right. a lot of shit. Yeah. That's four. That's four. <laughs> 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 and then the last one. This motherfucker said a sex tape. <laughs> I think Denzel Washington is pretty cool. Oh man, Good. because I I hear his perspective on social media and like like interpersonal communication skills and how we're so like different now and like I think it, he I would learn a lot and like be inspired and just like like a pregame speech to life. He's the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it like comes down to it, like you see a lot of his clips on social where he's like, like, I'd rather enjoy a moment instead of take a picture and have that memory or something. You know, like I don't know, but like that. That's like, a different. He's very, that, that, that's a different. I like the group. A lot of different uh, types. First thing you do when you wake up, and the last thing you do before you go to bed. Brush your teeth. Oh, simple enough. <laughs> Fundamental. You gotta you wake go. up, brush your teeth, uh, throw a chai in, get a coffee. You know, sit down. Get the day going. Get the day going. I'm going to ask this question because we talked about it. I think we kind of talked about it. Who hit you the hardest in your career? I got uh, I got smoked by Ray Lewis a couple Ray times. Ray Lewis, that we talked about it. Yeah, and we do a show together on Inside the NFL, streaming on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> Shameless um, plug. <laughs> and I've told him like three or four times, 
he hit me once where he like knocked me out, and I think he was kind of he was kind of feeling it too. And like I walk over to the sideline, and I it was someone's. I, I thought it was Haloti Nada, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, your sideline's that way." Damn. And so I started walking another way, and then he hit me so hard another time in uh in the playoffs in 2009. I scored a touchdown, and he like tackled me in the end zone and like kneed or elbowed my ass, and I had like J Lo butt cheek, full like. 10 times bigger than my left. I had like a hematoma and they had to like go in there. I couldn't sit down for like a week. We got eliminated. I wouldn't have been able to play. Like it was so bad. I couldn't fly home for like a week and a half. So thank you, Ray. (laughs) Thank you. You know, keep me in Boston more time. Landry. He 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 knocked me out of a game one time. Dawkins. 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 Ryan Dawkins. Dawkins. It was when he was on a... He was on the Denver Broncos for mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm, at the end. Mm-hmm. And he knocked me out so hard once. I had a star for two weeks in the top right corner of my eye. God, he hit man. me on a crosser, came down, and he was so polite after he hit me. He's like, you all right, young fella? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Am I still on earth? Yeah. Last question. Who would you like to see on our show? But before you answer your question, you have to help us with your answer. Ooh. Ooh, this guy knows a lot of people too. Yes, he knows a lot of. We got a lot of goats. We yeah. gotta get, we gotta get Brady on here. Thank you. I'll take Brady or Boss. Either. Brady, yeah. That's a good call. Yes. Or Randy. Yes. Brady. I'm gonna try one or the other. I'm gonna try both. Both. Why not? Yeah, Why not? Go. Why Fuck not? It. Hey. Tom, get on, come man. Come on, Tom, quit playing. We'll come to you, Tom. We'll come to your house. We'll come yeah. to your house. We'll go. Come on, man. I, anywhere you're at. Anywhere you're at. We're there. Baker's Bay. Randy will pull up, too. He said he'll pull up. Yes. Randy will definitely come. Yes. Well, man, we want to pre- uh, thank you, man, for your time today. Uh, we have a gift box for you. What is this? Uh, just a little uh, goodie box for you with some merch in there. All the smoke. Yeah, go ahead and check it out real quick. And the Julian and Jack show coming soon. Julian coming, and Jack. Julian and Jack show coming you. soon. Got you a nice little sweatsuit. That's fire. I think that's the sweatsuit Jack has on. Yeah. It's like Saturn, but with yeah. smoke. There you go. <laughs> right. And basketball. a basketball. <laughs> so you're in Way the you're there. in space. Yeah, Way yeah. Out yeah. There. That, is that the actual on, design? All the smoke, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty smoke, like yeah. I picked that up. That's Jack, where can they get that at? All the smoke that motherfucking store. But out the motherfucking. So oh, hey, you guys give me the white one because I'm a white guy? Yes. That's tight. Yes, that was, that was, that was, that was Jack's idea. <laughs> I got to get tan for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's Miami or that's, something. Yeah, that's walking on the beach with your daughter. Yeah. You got to get her a little one. Yes. Kid, get her a little one. Little, little smoke. Kid sizes. Well, man, that's a wrap with Julian Edelman. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. See you all next week. Peace. See you guys. This is All the Smoke, a production of Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.